Welcome, everyone, to the Neil World Order Podcast. Whew, uh, been a long week for your boy here. Um, <clears throat> so, Friday, I had to have a colonoscopy. Um, just, I think I talked about having to have it done prior. Just one of those preventative things, um, unfortunately, as you get older, that you have to do. So, I, I don't know anyone out there if you've ever had one of these but um, bear with me as I kind of explain what it really entails uh, for the other listeners so ultimately this is like a, I think they check your prostate and they're more or less checking for colon cancer because if they catch colon cancer easy or early I'm sorry it's generally not a big deal to uh, cure it or beat it or I don't know whatever the term is I guess you can't really cure any can't but like to yeah to just regress it remiss it whatever so generally with men between the ages of 45 and 50 uh, they start doing it and based on the findings you know you either go through three five or every seven years to get your next one this was my first one uh, and I was kind of nervous. I'm not a, I don't like anesthesia. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, I definitely don't like hospitals. But, um, you know, and everyone had kind of told me what to expect. And they're like, oh, the worst part is the pre, you know, the day before. So ultimately, you know, I had it on Friday. So I had to take Friday off. But you also have to take the day before off. Um, so they give you, depending, you know, and... I talked to a bunch of people. It seems like everyone's had different prep, but uh, more or less what I had, and they all do the same thing. Um, so about, it said about five o'clock I was supposed to drink this, but I everything I'd read said it tasted really bad, and it was only like 160 milliliters, so it wasn't like a gallon of anything. Like some of the, some people have had a drink, some people take, uh, they get a prescription tablet, but uh, I mean, this was, prescription liquid or whatever so you drink the first one and you're supposed to drink 40 ounces of a clear liquid you're on a liquid diet um all day thursday uh you know your boy likes to eat so like literally no food um no caffeine um nothing just clear liquid i think i had a lemon italian ice was the only thing i had because my in-laws were awesome enough to uh bring one over for me so you take this med, and usually within about 40 minutes, you're like, oh, and you're you're in the bathroom, and, you know, you're um, cleaning your system, so to speak, uh, in a very non-solid way. It's literally, literally, you're pissing out of your ass is, is about the extent of it, you know, and you, I mean, and we're not talking for five minutes, I mean, you're talking, you're in there, you think you're done, oh, here comes more, oh, here comes more. You know, and I've had people tell me that, oh, man, when I did this, I shit my pants twice, or I did this. You know, so I was petrified to even try to go to sleep that night because I didn't want to shit the bed or, shit, you know, shit my pants in the bed either way. Um, and then because my procedure was at 8.45 a.m., I had to take the second dose of this cleansing medicine five hours before, so I had to take it at 3 a.m. So I kind of did my business from... About 3.30 to 9, 
uh, and I kind of fell asleep in the recl my recliner, woke up about midnight, and was like, oh, you know, did some more business, uh, went back to sleep on the couch following that, and then had to get up, take my medicine at three, and then the second dose really seemed to get my, my insides turning, I guess, for lack of a better term, and so you do all this, and I don't know, come, you know, the hospital's about 30 minutes away, so, you know, we leave, my wife has to take me because anesthesia, um, so, I don't know, probably a little before seven is like the last time I have a movement, if you will, you get to the hospital, you know, they check you in, you're in your room, you get your IV, which I fucking hate needles. Um, I had the nicest uh, older nurse, which I think kind of made it easier, because the last thing you want as a you know grown man in his mid, almost late 40s, is some good-looking hot nurse that's going to be there when they're sticking stuff up your ass. It just, you know, just isn't uh, very, yeah, you just don't, I mean, you know, it makes for awkward. So, you know, the doctor comes in. This is my first time meeting the doctor. I'd corresponded via the little app I have with my <clears throat> healthcare or whatever, you know, and, and he, I'm like, I'm expecting like this old guy, um, comes in, I bet this guy's not even 30, very nice, and I'm like, okay, you know, because I'm kind of, uh, you know, don't know what to expect, not crazy about being put under, thinking, am I going to be sore after, am I going to continue, I, honestly, by the time I got to the hospital, I just wanted it over, and I wanted to fucking eat, like, I was starving, I had a headache, I was feeling weak, you know, and you're doing your best to not be dehydrated the whole time you're crapping yourself all day the uh, day before, so, um, anyways, the time comes, they do the procedure, they don't really put you to sleep, uh, they called it like a twilight, um, at one point, I remember we were talking football, so while this whole thing is going on, you know, where the camera is up your ass and going through your colon, um, we're talking, and uh, those of you who, uh, you know, know me, uh, my wife posted the funny, the pictures on Facebook, and some of the things I said, and whatever, um, but, you know, the whole procedures, I, once they started, it's actually only like 20 minutes, you know, it's the, the prep, when they get you, before you go into the procedure room, and then kind of bringing you to and f out of the, I mean, not really out of the, when I got back to the room, I mean, yeah, I fell asleep, <sighs> sorry about that, but more or less I was exhausted, I'd probably only had about three or four hours sleep the night before, on top of not eating, and, you know, just kind of being in a state of miserable, and probably partially dehydrated due to all the pooping, um, so yeah, it was, you know, all said and done, and it, honestly, it wasn't bad. Like, I felt pretty good after, um, you know, it was, they, if you have like polyps in your colon, they remove them, I think I had five, which he said was a medium amount, so they send those off to a lab and tell you if they're precancerous or if they're just whatever, benign or you know, and I'll find that out in a couple weeks. I'm sure it's fine. I'm not really worried. Um, 
I mean, it's out of my hands. Anyways, so, um, yeah, that was the whole uh, colonoscopy thing. So, it, it, like, I know some people probably were, like me, very apprehensive. I, I didn't want any part of it. Honestly, aside from the prep, which, having gone through it, I would just approach some things differently. <sighs> Sorry, I'm super tired. I'm sleep-deprived. It's Like I said, it's been a long week. Um, so... Super nice today. I think it's still, you know, it's damn near midnight, and I think it's still like 70 degrees outside right now. Windy, uh, supposed to storm overnight, but um, we've had a lot of rain this spring. So we were doing some yard work, and, uh, you know, when it's put together and we get the weeding and the planting, our backyard is, I love our backyard. It'll be one of the, I wish that more of the land was flat and it didn't really go downhill, but... I love our backyard. You know, a couple years ago, we set out to make our backyard as nice as the front yard was kind of our thing. I think we'd kind of neglected the backyard. And, you know, we have a very large deck. It's like 16 by 24. Um, off the deck, we have, a couple years ago, we made this floating platform. We have like a pergola, uh, couch, fire pit. It's And it's very nice. It's very cozy. Um, you know, it was one of the things I didn't want to do. The, the platform and the pergola and all that, my wife really talked me into it, said, no, this is going to be really great, blah, blah. I was kind of like, yeah, she always says that just to get me to work. But it, it, it's amazing. Like, I love it. Uh, when the weather's right and we sit out there, we've fallen asleep out there before and wake up at like 3 a.m. and been like, oh, we should probably go in and go to bed. Um, so, yeah, anyways, we're doing some yard work. We went and got like one of those roll-out hay things you put down or straw things because the... Where it didn't really snow that much this winter, the grass kind of got torn up. I mean, three dogs that run around spastic, you know, uh, 30 pound, 20 pound, 90. They just, they tear shit up as far as the yard. So I was doing that, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go get some gloves. Because, just because I don't want to itch, and I'm handling the seed fertilizer mix, whatever. Your boy here goes into the garage, grabs a pair of work gloves, doesn't think anything of it. Puts his hand in there, and I get the most God, awful, stinging pain in my pinky. Pull it out. There is a fucking wasp in there. Or a hornet or whatever. And it stung the shit out of the tip of my pinky. I threw that glove down and I stomped the ever-loving fuck out of it. That I shook When I turned that thing inside out, that insect came out in pieces. And my pinky right now is almost the size of my thumb. And it throbbed. This I I can't tell you the last time I got stung by anything, but I can tell you right now this is one of the worst. That was one of the worst pains. I mean, I shrieked. I thought there was a glass or metal or something because they're just work gloves. Um, and it went right. Oh my God! It you know I I, I believe the stinger's out. I think I squeezed it out in the midst of it. Bled pretty good, dude. That's the other thing. I've never been stung where it bled like that. Um terrible it has bothered me all day uh, like i said my pinky is swollen swollen it moved over to the knuckle of my i don't know what your oh my ring finger <sighs> and it's like holy shit like literally i even called like the dial-up nurse because apparently sometimes if you haven't had a tetanus shot in 10 years after you get stung by something they recommend doing it within a few weeks just for extra protection kind of weird But yeah, it hurt so bad. And I'm a wimp. You guys know that. I talk about it all the time. 
that I have a super low pain tolerance. But I'm telling you right now that I don't ever recall being stung, feeling anything like what this pain felt like. And I was like, how the fuck does a random ass wasp end up in the pinky of like one of my work gloves? Like, come on. But yeah, that's that. That was only me, right? Um, cool thing in sports uh, today. Uh, I'm a Detroit Tiger fan. Uh, I don't watch a ton of baseball. I kind of follow the Tigers. They've been bad the last handful of years. But uh, Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera became the seventh person in Major League Baseball history to get three to have 3,000 hits and 500 homers. He got his 3,000th hit today. I think he joined a list of like 56 players that have the three 3,000 hits, but the 3,000 hits and 500 homers, I think it's just, uh, I believe it's him, Alex Rodriguez. Um, shit, I had it on the tip of my tongue. Alex Rodriguez, Miguel Cabrera, oh, Rafael Palmero, Albert Pujols, I believe Adrian Beltre. And then Eddie Murray and somebody else. Uh, I apologize. I'm not, not a huge baseball guy, but I thought that was really cool. Good story for the Detroit Tigers. Positive. They had Bucks kick the shit out of the Bulls last night with Chris Middleton out, who will be out the rest of the series. But um, anyways, so... Moving right along uh, to the actual scripted part of the podcast, now that I've rambled for 14 minutes. So, sometimes uh, things hit you different. You know, uh, it could be a sunset, uh, sunrise, your girl's smile, the sound of crashing waves, mountains in the distance. Maybe it's a smell, or even something as simple as a good night's sleep. Um, the other day I was working. Um, I had my AirPods in because... I was in one of those moods where I just wanted to zone out and just kind of decompress and not be bothered by anything else. It was kind of a slow day, and I was just working on paperwork stuff and some of this. Uh, and I had just downloaded uh, Morgan Wallen's new song, uh, Don't Think Jesus. And I'd listened to it before, just kind of had it on the background. But I think on that day, I actually, like, heard it. You know, and, and like I was saying, sometimes things just hit you differently. And man, it was heavy. Like it, it was, it was powerful. It was good stuff. Um, you know, when music is relatable and impactful and catches you in the right place in your life, it really is something. You know, um, there's a good chance I sat back in my chair and thought, "Man, is this the greatest song I've ever heard?" You know, I, I felt what he said. Um, you know, do I share the same exact life experiences? No. But, like, in the, I guess, the symbolic or metaphorical sense, like, I feel it. You know, I'm like, I get it, you know. And I think part of that is that I've realized with age and maturity, and I use the word maturity very, very loosely, that uh, we end up with a lot of hindsight, you know, we laugh at the wild, crazy days of our youth. I mean, I, I do it all the time now. And I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe I did this. You know, because I'm like, and it's not that uh, I'm all sophisticated or grown up now, but I'm like, man, I wouldn't do that now. I wouldn't even think about it. But, you know, these things back in the day, I was like, whatever. 
you know, and we just laugh at how crazy we're. I mean, Scott and I took an amazing trip down uh, memory lane in the Carrying Your Love With Me episode. Uh, you know, and, and we all have those moments uh, we look back on, you know, we shake our heads. Or maybe we, in some instances you regret it. Um, or, you, you know, you say, God, I should have known better. You know, and if you're lucky, those moments or missteps or whatever they were help you grow. I, I know majority of mine did. Um, if it was, I, I believe if it wasn't for every mistake or misstep I had on the journey to where I am now, I don't know if I'd appreciate it as much. I think that's where a lot of my appreciation comes from. And a lot of my, you know, I talk about all the time how I feel like I lead a very blessed life and I'm very grateful for the people, the things, um, you know, in the life I have and have made for myself. Um, you know, and it's easy to second guess yourself, you know, or maybe even second guess who you think you are, or I don't know, maybe what type of man, woman, uh, you think you might've grown up to be, or maybe you're young and you're thinking, oh, you know, what am I going to be? If you're young, don't be thinking about that right now. Um, just live your life. But, uh, most days, uh, I'd like to think I'm a good man, a good friend, a good husband, a good dad, a good son. I mean, you know, the list goes on. You like tell yourself, you know, you're not patting yourself on the back for these things, but you're always working to try to be good at those. You know, I guess my, my long-term goal would be, or lifetime goal would be to add great in front of each one of those. Uh, you know, absolutely, I do not think I'm there yet. Uh, I'm trying to get there. I think we're all mostly, you know, whether we admit it or notice it or are aware of it, we're all trying to get there in one way or another, you know, and that's kind of what it's supposed to be, right? Like this whole adulting thing, it's not just responsibilities and bills and such. It's, uh, it's building a life. And building the best version of yourself every day in that life, you know, and trying to surround yourself with people who make your life, you know, I make that enrich your life, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And you're always trying to keep, you always want to try to keep going forward. Um, if you're like me, and I'm sure you have days where you think maybe the best version of yourself isn't possible. Or maybe that it's not even real. You know, some people really struggle struggle with that. And it is, though. The th- I think the thing that thing inside you that wants to be the very best version of you or wants you to be a better person or be a better, you know, a better dad, a better brother, a better husband, wife, whatever. Like, you know, and maybe maybe that's God tugging on you. Or give, giving you a push, but it's something, you know, it, it's definitely something, um, you know, and I think I'll be the first to admit it. I think sometimes, um, I don't think I really, really realized this until the, uh, last year or so. And I've always had people point it out to me, but like I said, you know, sometimes we don't see the obvious about ourselves for a long time, but, um, you know, we judge ourselves too hard. And too often, I, I, I know I do, um, 
you know, and, and maybe maybe we can't help it. And you know, the song the song says, "I don't think Jesus does it that way." You know, and and I hope he doesn't. Um, I hope he sees that uh, those of us who are really trying are are doing just that. Like we're trying to be better every day. You know, I. And it may, you know, it doesn't mean every day you make progress. You know, there may be days you, you're, you know, it's one step forward, two steps back. You regress or what, whatever, you know. But when even, like, when I talk to people and they talk about, uh, you know, I feel like this and I screwed up. If knowing you made a mistake is is huge. Like, there's people that just fuck up all, and they have no clue. They don't, you know, or they don't care. But, like, when you can admit fault or you own your mistakes, you take accountability, you know, it, it's like failing forward. You know, you yeah, you still might have screwed up, but you're doing it, hopefully, on a path to something else. You know, whether it's some form of enlightenment, some form of building, you know, and, you know, and, and you want to be better. You want to be, like I said, the better version of yourself. And, you know, and better is a challenging word, Um because when, when you look at better, it almost applies that what is, is not good enough. You know, and, and that's not what I want to feel about myself or probably what anyone would, should feel about themselves. But I think you're just saying, you know, could it be better? You know, when I would look at things or how I felt, you know, you, you take like a, almost like an inventory, um, back in the day, you know, and I think I would get down about things with like depression and stuff, you know, and I'd be like, you know, really, what do I have to be sad about? I was like, you know, I would look at the blessings in my life and look at, you know, it, it's not like a contest. It's not a, well, you know, and I always tell myself, you know, yeah, it could be worse, you know, and the worst, you know, is the worst, you know, you know, so I think sometimes people get so wrapped up, you know, not validating their own feelings of maybe depression or sadness or emptiness or whatever because they think they don't have a right to be because maybe in their eyes, their life is, you know, it's not as bad as a person living on the street or, you know, a starving child halfway across the world. But like the worst you know is the worst you know. You know, it's, you're, you're dealing with yourself. You, you, you got to take care of yourself. Um, you know, and like I said, I tell myself all the time, I want to be a better person. And, you know, and, and well, that is, you know, and I know I can be better, you know, but there's also parts of me that are just, for show, um, you know, there's a real thin line between who I am and this mic. Um, you know, I'm sure five minutes from now I'll go on some unholy rant hurling insults at liberals or something. You know, but hey, the duality of man is a crazy thing. Seriously. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, if, I guess if you haven't heard the new song, Don't Think Jesus by Morgan Wallen, check it out. Morgan Wallen's amazing. Um. I think his little publicity slip-up aside, he's going to be a huge artist. He's going to be... He just has the right sound, good songwriting. 
and I think the sky's the limit. I, you know, and he comes off kind of real. And if you look at country now, it's almost like everything else. It seems prepackaged, contrived, fake. You know, we're not going to have any more Alan Jacksons or George Straits. Uh, we might not even have another Kenny Chesney. It's just, you know, it's just, eh. But anyways. So, I was going through, uh, God, I don't know if it was, you know, I think of the little news stories that pop up on the side of my uh, search window at work. You know, it's like when the Microsoft thing is open or Google or whatever. And I saw this story, and I don't know if anyone has seen the story about the female inmates in New Jersey getting pregnant. I just had glanced at it, and my wife actually sent me a longer, it might have been a TikTok about it or whatever. But uh, two women at the Edna Mahan Correctional Facility in Clinton, New Jersey, were impregnated by an inmate known as Demi Minor, who's actually Demetrius Minor. But, you know, hey, facts and science don't really matter anymore. Um, Minor was in prison for convicted manslaughter and the death of his, her, shim, foster father, Theotis Butts, but, no, that, that's really the guy's name, is Theotis Butts. Um, Minor serving 30 years, um, you know, compounded sentences with other charges I think that he might have been on probation for, whatever, had a history of crime, he, she, whatever, um. Which is, you know, goes by Demi now, identifies as a woman. Like, it pains me to talk like that. Um, one of the expectant mothers, Latanya Bellamy, these names are killing me. Like, ah, Scott, you're thinking the same thing. I am. If you listen to this, um, you, you can't make this up. She's in prison for her role in a double murder. In 2010, uh, the other inmate's name, I don't believe, has been released. I never came across it. But uh, so there's two female inmates that were impregnated by biological male identifying as a female in the women's um, correctional facility. You know, and apparently the Edna Mahan uh, facility currently houses 27 trans inmates. Due to some lawsuit with the ACLU in which they required prisoners to be in prison as they identified. Um, just off the top of my head, and this is where my mind went. First off, poor Edna Mahan. What an honor to have your name slapped on a prison. Like, what were, were the other choices, like a dumpster or a landfill? And if so, like, did you make the right choice to slap your... I mean, I wouldn't want a prison to be named after me. And maybe people just, like, get off on having things named after them. I, I don't know. I'm not one of those people. I mean, sure, name you can name all your children after me, but whatever. But this is kind of my problem with the whole trans ideology and its complete disregard for basic human biology. Because, like, actual science matters. Blurring the lines and trying to disregard sex, gender, it's not a civil rights movement. This isn't like the 1960s and the push for civil rights. This is a huge billion-dollar industry pushing and selling a narrative. You know, and I think that's why it's on your TV. It's in your favorite shows. It's in commercials. It's why 
It's why they want to force it down your children's throats, pun intended, in school. Um, I, I don't get the whole let's pretend thing, which kind of really is, is all it is. We're using big words and trying to, but, but it's pretending and dress up. It's not science. Science isn't pretending and dress up. Science is kind of fact, theory, whatever. Um, it's a mental health issue. Uh, but we continue deny, to deny that aspect of this spectrum of insanity. So ultimately what we're going to have is two children born to inmates, one serving a long sentence, the other one probably as well, fathered by someone with mental health issues. Likely all three of these men, women would have meant some form of mental health issues. You know, and, and you guess who's footing the bill? You, me, the taxpayers. You know, and we're doing it all in the name of the land of make-believe. Like, if you think about it. You know, and I hate to be this person, and like I said, you know, trying to think about better and being positive, but like, these kids come into the world, like, they don't stand a chance. You know, and that's sad. It's unfortunate. And it's true. And I'm a very pro-life person. But I'm not going to lie to you. In this instance, I understand terminating those pregnancies. I, I really do. Um... You know, or at least these children should be available for adoption. But I still think the percentages for a great life are very low just due to circumstances out of said child's control. You know, and, and this whole situation, it's almost like liberalism in a nutshell. I'll personally be really interested to see how this whole thing plays out. Um... And I'm also guessing this isn't the first or last place where this has happened or will happen at. You know, and I think that's why we're all doomed um, to some extent. Like I said, look, I just went from being better in this net to preaching doom and gloom. It's I'm telling you, it's a coin. You flip it, depend one day, one second it's head, next second it's tails. It's like mask mandates and. You know, the, the judge, the federal judge in Florida saying the uh, travel mask, I don't know, the CDC is doesn't have the authority. So as of right now, you don't have to wear masks on planes. Uh, then you have some schools here that are pushing masks back into the classrooms and stuff, which I never understood masks, even at the, you know, I, I thought COVID was over. I thought Putin cured it. Um but apparently not, you know, we're more concerned with COVID right now. Fauci thinks the CDC should have more power than judges and the government, which that, you know, and the people, which is crazy. Cause I think like these people just want to control us. Strawberry lemonade, whiskey, good shit. Um, you know, where does it end? You know, like, Obviously, normal's never coming back. Um, you know, I'd settle for $2 gas and inflation to decrease, but I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I want the future to be bright. I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, 
I'm, you know, doing the preparations I can to make sure as things get out of control, it will have a smaller effect on my life and my, my way of life, I guess, more so to speak. Which I talked about that episodes and episodes ago about right now, if I was people, I would pay off your debt. The debts you can eliminate, eliminate them. Because when everything else goes to shit, the debt will remain. Um, <clears throat> you know, and that's what the government wants, is everyone to be so over their heads that the government has to swoop in and save everybody. And then, bam, look at us, we're socialist nation. But, uh, that's really all I got tonight, folks. Um, you know, I got to walk you through my colonoscopy. I'm sure you all enjoyed that. Never uh, never a bad time to talk about butts and poops and cameras up your ass. You know, one of the things I was thinking about that is, um, and I should look this up at some point, was how did a colonoscopy ever come to be? Like, we're a group of doctors just sitting around. They're like, hey, Carl, let me shove this camera up your ass. See if you got cancer. Like, and obviously, as my wife would say, you know, doctors don't talk like that. But um, seriously, like, how did it? come to be you know is this like oh hey <laughs> but um yeah that's all i got ladies and gentlemen uh i hope you guys have a great weekend have a safe weekend uh hope it's warmer you are you get to enjoy some weather um hope you don't ever get stung on your pinky because it's a fucking terrible thing but um drink up and uh we'll see you next week i appreciate you tuning in thanks